Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, it is another Friday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast. Hoping to send you guys off into a safe and enjoyable weekend. It has been a great week of content here on the Locked On Titans podcast, in my humble opinion. Have done my updated roster predictions, part one so far. Earlier in the week, we looked at some of the biggest takeaways from training camp, along with which players I think are a lot to make the roster. So check out all of those shows by subscribing to the Locked On Titans podcast on whatever platform you do stream. Also, follow me on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans for updated schedules and additional content like my Tic Tac Titan film breakdowns throughout the regular season. I will be here Monday through Friday throughout, ready to break down all the news and notes out of Nashville. But that leads us into this Friday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast. And on Wednesday, we saw unprecedented action being taken in the professional sports world and that continued on Thursday with the Titans canceling their practice in lieu of the shooting death of Jacob Blake in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And in an attempt to not hide from the obvious issues going on in the sports world right now, what I want to do is I want to let the Titans players speak for themselves. So I'm going to play you the direct audio from a conversation with the Titans leadership, Kevin Byard and Ryan Tannehill, who both spoke on Thursday. So I will play that audio for you guys out of the gate so you can hear directly from the Titans players what they're thinking in this challenging moment in our country. But after that, we will jump into part two of my roster predictions, my updated roster predictions about four weeks through training camp before we get to the September 5th cut day. I will go over the defensive side of the ball and then round out today's show by talking about which players I think could end up on the Titans practice squad. So a lot to go over on today's Locked on Titans podcast. Let's get it. saw unprecedented action taken in the professional sports world in the last 48 hours in response to the murder of Jacob Blake in Kenosha, Wisconsin. First, we saw NBA teams boycott playoff games, and that trickled over to Thursday where we saw multiple NFL teams cancel practice and instead issue statements against social injustice and racism in America. The Tennessee Titans were one of the teams that were leading that charge, and on Thursday, they showed a sign of unity as a team when team captains Kevin Byard and Ryan Tannehill issued this statement per TennesseeTitans.com. Good afternoon. As I woke up this morning and headed to the facility at 6 a.m. this morning, I was prepared to go to practice. But as we started, we had a team meeting this morning, first as a leadership with Mike Vrabel, and we had a lot of powerful discussions. Guys spilled out their emotions, guys teared up, and we had a lot of constructive conversation. But as we went to our team meeting as with the entire team, we felt as players and as an entire organization that it was right to not practice today. We feel that with all the recent events that's happened in our country, not only just this year, not only the past year, but the past hundreds of years, we decided that it's time to take a stand today. And we feel that with this moment right here and today, with my brother Ryan standing next to me and all my brothers standing behind me, we wanted to show solidarity and be unified and to say that we're tired. 
We're sick and tired of seeing the things that's been going on on social media for the entertainment. Seeing our black brothers and sisters be murdered by police like it's nothing. And I feel like it's time for a change. And as I sit here and try to gather my thoughts, this is not a prepared statement. I didn't have time to prepare a statement. I'm coming to you and I'm talking from the heart. I just had a son just Sunday. I have a one-year-old daughter. And I have no clue on what I'm going to tell them or what kind of world that they're going to grow up in in this country. And I'm begging and pleading for the, to the powers that may be to please, please, we're crying, spilling my heart out to say that we need change and we need change as soon as possible. Thank you. Like Kevin said, we had a powerful conversation this morning. Um, guys spilling their hearts out and really um, hearing different perspectives on experiences, on viewpoints, and as a team, we felt like it's important that we stand up here together, united, that though we may be from different backgrounds, from different situations, been through different experiences, we're together and support each other throughout this whole year. Like Kevin said, these systematic oppressions have been going on for a long time. Hundreds of years, this country was founded uh, upon racist ideas. Um, with, with slaves being brought here uh, from, from the day of foundation. And those ideas have, have persisted throughout the last hundreds of years and it's gonna take time uh, until we can get those all out. But we're tired of it. We're tired of dealing with um, the systematic oppression. We're tired of dealing with excessive force. We're tired of seeing black men and women die in situations where they should be walking home and, and spending the night with their families. It's sickening and there's really uh, <clears throat> it's sickening uh, to, to just know that they have to worry about their kids coming home at night. I have two young kids that because of the color of their skin, I never have to worry about if they get pulled over by a police officer, if they're going to make it out of that interaction alive. And that's a sick fact of the world that we're living in. So we stand up here together, united, demanding change, that there's equality and justice for all those situations. Thank you. Although there is a wide range of emotions to these statements and these actions, one thing that we can all take away in a positive light is that the Titans seem to be unified, not only on the field, but off the field as well, and that unity can only help them have success in accomplishing their goals off the field and on the field in 2020. And if you want a little bit of a boost to accomplish your goals, then you have to check out BuiltBar.com. I've been telling you guys about Built Bar for months, and I have yet to find someone who doesn't incredibly enjoy the taste and benefits of Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever, and now they have added to the taste options with six new amazing flavors. We have caramel brownie, mm, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp. Those all sound delicious and I cannot wait to try them for myself. But they still have the 12 original flavors that made us all fall in love. Coconut almond, raspberry, German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread, mint brownie, salted caramel, whoop, whoop, double chocolate, orange, 
toffee almond, coconut, and that peanut butter brownie. And as I always remind you, these bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. It's not that processed stuff that you're used to. They're soft and easy to chew, and they're even better when you put them in the refrigerator or chill them before you eat them after a hot summer day. But it's not just the taste. I mean, the taste is absolutely on point, but the bars are incredibly healthy. They're great for your health-conscious guy or girl that can help you lose or maintain weight, and they're incredibly versatile. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and they're great if you're on a keto diet as well. I like to give an example of the versatility. If you have a breakfast substitute that you're looking for or you need to go into a heavy workout early in the morning, the peanut butter bar, 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of net carbs. So a little bit higher on the protein, the calories, the sugar, and the net carbs, but that's why it's a great workout substitute. Likewise, if you're looking for a dessert substitute or just something to kind of, you know, hit that sweet tooth craving that you're having later on at night without sacrificing all of the dietary standards that you're trying to set for yourself, the cookies and cream is fantastic for that role. 17 gram protein, 130 calories, 4 grams sugar, 4 grams net carbs, so a little bit lesser on the protein, but much less in terms of calories, sugar, and net carbs, so an absolutely perfect dessert substitute. They are incredibly versatile. They taste great. They're great for any health-conscious guy. Check out Built Bar now, and not only will you get the opportunity to get $10 off your next order, but you'll have a chance at a free cooler with purchase while supplies last. So go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, and that promo code has been reset. So if you've used it before, you can use it again, and you'll get $10 off your next order. Once again, that is promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Before we dive into my defensive updated roster predictions, I did want to mention a transaction note on the defensive side of the football. I felt it was best to give Section 1 all of the attention on the social justice issues and how the Tennessee Titans team is reacting. But a perfect time to mention before we get into the defense that the Titans did make a signing of a safety named Walt Akins, a very experienced veteran safety who played all of his career so far with the Miami Dolphins, was expected to come in, be able to help slightly on the defense, but also be an ace on the special teams unit. For some reason, that deal fell through. We don't know the exact details on why, but Walt Akins will not be joining the Tennessee Titans, and that is going to leave a roster spot open, as I did have Akins as someone who was making the team. So I will adjust on the fly for you guys right now and get into my defensive predictions. Before I do that though, another teaser, I want to rehash who I thought would make the team on the offensive side of the ball and in the special team. So right now, what I have is on special teams, Bo Brinkley, Brett Kern, and one of the kickers, I'm going to guess Tucker McCann, wins the job. Ryan Tannehill, Trevor Simeon at quarterback, Derrick Henry, Darrington Evans, Jeremy McNichols, and Kari Blossom game in the backfield. At wide receiver, A.J. Brown, Corey Davis, Adam Humphreys, Khalif Raymond, Cameron Batson, and Rashard Davis. At tight end, Jonu Smith, Anthony Ferkser, Michael Pruitt, and Jeff Swaim. On the offensive line, eight offensive linemen, Lawan. 
Isaiah Wilson, Dennis Kelly, Ty Sambrillo, Ben Jones, Nate Davis, Roger Saffold, and Jameel Douglas. That is 27 spots total, which leaves us 26 spots remaining for just the defensive side of the ball and then 16 practice squad spots after that. So let's get into how those 26 available roster spots will be filled on the defensive side of the ball, in my opinion. First, on the interior defensive line, no shockers to anyone that I will say Jeffrey Simmons and Daquan Jones are locks for this roster. But also, defensive lineman Jack Crawford, who spent some time on the COVID-19 list this offseason, I think that he is a lock for this roster as well and will make the final 53. That is not some sort of controversial statement. Jack Crawford, though, has been featured in the Titans' base defense as that third defensive lineman during training camp, which leads me to believe that he's essentially a starter on this team and most certainly will be a lock for the roster. Also in that vein, Titans' fifth-round draft pick, Larell Murchison, He's going to make this team. The Titans need reinforcements along the defensive line. It's not an incredibly deep or talented group, so you can't get rid of someone like a Laurel Murchison who has incredible potential as a late-round draft pick on the interior defensive line. Moving into some of the guys that are on the roster bubble here and could go either way, we have Isaiah Mack, we have Joey Ivey, we have Tyre Tart, we have Kobe Smith, we have Matt Dickerson. Of course, Joey Ivey, Isaiah Mack, Matt Dickerson will have uh, a little bit of a leg above some of the other guys like Tyre Tart and Kobe Smith who are undrafted free agents and just because of what we're seeing in the NFL this year in terms of the value of veterans and people who know the system over young guys who are still learning I think that the Titans take two defensive linemen out of that group and in my opinion they take someone like an Isaiah Mack who is on the smaller side for defensive linemen but is a interior penetrator I think having diversity in terms of skill set in each of the position groups is really important. Something I talk about at the tight end position and the wide receiver position quite a bit is having a diverse skill set at those positions. So I think the Titans will use those two remaining spots on the defensive line for a small interior penetrator like Isaiah Mack who can play at the nose tackle and play the three technique defensive tackle. And then someone like a Matt Dickerson who is a big bodied guy, uh, more of a Jack Crawford type guy, more of a Daquan Jones type guy who can play that nose tackle, play that interior and hold up as a base defensive end as a five technique as well just due to his size. So I think the Titans get a little bit of everything there, having Isaiah Mack as a smaller interior disruptor and then having a big body clogger like Matt Dickerson. So on the defensive line, Big Jeff, Daquan Jones, Jack Crawford, Laurel Murchison, Matt Dickerson, Isaiah Mack. Moving to the edge rusher group, and at this point in time, very concerned with the edge rusher group because of the missed time in training camp from Correa, uh, Beasley still not being off the non-football injury list, and then the Titans after that relying on essentially a rookie in DeAndre Walker who was injured for his entire real rookie season. A guy like Derek Roberson who the coaches have publicly numerous times talked about his inability to be a effective on first and second down, and then you have two guys who were undrafted free agents in 2019 in Wyatt Ray and Jamal Davis II, so uh, concerned about that group, but the Titans will have to eventually 
pick some bodies there, and I think they will walk away with five edge rushers on the active roster. That is going to be Harold Landry, Kamale Correa, Vic Beasley, DeAndre Walker, and then ultimately, I do think they keep Derek Roberson. Now, I will say, I would not be surprised to see Wyatt Ray get that Roberson spot. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong about that, and that's perfectly fine because Wyatt Ray has impressed quite a bit in training camp, but he's still a guy who's not completely familiar with the team, wasn't with the Titans last year, so I, I take all of the high praise I see for him with a grain of salt. We'll get back to his name a little bit later on as well. Moving into the inside linebacker group, now typically with a team like the Titans, a 3-4 team, you would see more edge rushers be kept, about six edge rushers instead of five, but I think what the Titans will do here is they will counteract that by having a lot more inside linebackers or at least one extra inside linebacker. I will have that. Obviously, Rashawn Evans, Jayon Brown, and David Long are going to be on this football team, but that leaves us Nick DeZubnar. Will Compton, who has just recently signed the fan favorite, and then the undrafted free agent, Cal Garrett. In my opinion, this signing was only made because they know that they can't count on Cal Garrett as somebody on the active roster for the reasons I've talked about quite a bit in the the setbacks that rookies are dealing with this year. So Evans, Brown, Long are obvious locks, and it leaves me to question... Nick DeZubnar or Will Compton? Does Will Compton signing mean that the Titans don't want to keep DeZubnar around? Well, actually, I'm going to go the opposite direction here, and I'm going to say that they're bringing in Will Compton because they want to keep five inside linebackers for this season, along with Nick DeZubnar. DeZubnar is not a good linebacker. It's been well documented in his time with the Chargers that he simply is just ineffective as a linebacker on defense, although he is a special teams ace. Compton gives you a little bit more as an actual linebacker on defense. So if the Titans only kept four inside linebackers, Evans, Brown, Long, and DeZubnar, well, then one of their linebackers isn't really a linebacker at all, and it only leaves them three inside linebackers. Just not a smart move in the current climate that the NFL is going to be playing in. So they're going to keep five interior linebackers, have Nick DeZubnar as that special teams ace, have David Long and Will Compton, who can play special teams, but also Long and Will Compton can suit up and play actual linebacker effectively for the Titans. So moving into the secondary, we have a, the cornerback spot is a very difficult spot to parse out. Adoree Jackson, Malcolm Butler, Christian Fulton, and Jonathan Joseph are locks for this roster. I personally think that Chris Milton, the defensive back, is a lock for this roster as well. He's not much of a corner like a Nick DeZubnar, but he is a beast on special teams and was for the Titans last year. He was part of their core special teams unit, so I think Milton makes the roster. Now, you're looking for a sixth cornerback out of the next few names that can give you something on special teams and also help as a cornerback. Looking at Kareem Orr, Kenneth Durden, and Ty Smith. And in my opinion, although Orr has been impressive, I think that Ty Smith is more valuable to the team as an actual cornerback. So I think over Orr and over Durden, Ty Smith gets that sixth cornerback spot. And then we will move into the safety position. Kevin Byard, Kenny Vaccaro, Dan Crookshank, and Amani Hooker are locks in my opinion. And that would leave one open safety spot in the way that my roster is constructed. As I mentioned at the beginning of this segment, I had Walt Akins taking that spot. Since Walt Akins won't be signed and the Titans won't have a veteran 
since Walt Aikens won't be signed and the Titans won't have a veteran that they could rely on, they could go ahead and try to sign a different veteran defensive back to bring in, but if they're unable to find one on the market that satisfies what they're looking for, I would expect them to give that opportunity to 7th round defensive back Chris Jackson out of Marshall who can play a little bit in the slot is also has the possibility of playing safety and will be a special teams ace at one point in time during his career. So right now, that's what I see the Titans doing from that perspective. I did originally have Chris Jackson making the practice squad. Now that he won't be doing that, maybe the Titans will look to get a younger player in there that could make it. Or, like I said, they could go to the veteran route again. And although they missed out on Walt Aikens, they could look to get a veteran safety in the building for special teams help and to help out on the field if needed. But that Remains to be seen, and I will be ready to report on that for you guys. So on the defensive side of the ball, Jeffrey Simmons, Daquan Jones, Jack Crawford, Lorel Murchison, Isaiah Mack, Matt Dickerson, Harold Landry, Kamale Correa, Vic Beasley, DeAndre Walker, and Derek Roberson. Rashawn Evans, Jayon Brown, David Long, Nick DeZubnar, and Will Compton. Adoree Jackson, Malcolm Butler, Christian Fulton, Jonathan Joseph, Chris Milton, and Ty Smith. Kevin Byard, Kenny Vaccaro, Dan Crookshank, Amani Hooker, and Chris Jackson. So that's what I see as the final 53-man roster. Next, we are going to talk about which of those players that didn't make the cut is one eligible for the practice squad and what are the eligibility standards for practice squad in the NFL and who do I think will ultimately stay with the team on that practice squad. talk about the practice squad. So I have gone over my updated 53-man roster predictions for you guys over the last two days, but that is going to leave, out of the 80 members there, that's going to leave 27 people out of a job. Now, 16 of those people can go on the team's practice squad. So who exactly may do that? Before we jump into that list, I want to talk to you guys a little bit about the eligibility of the practice squad. You can't put anyone in the NFL on the practice squad. There are strict rules. Now, one other thing I want to mention about the practice squad is because of the uncertainty around COVID-19 this season, the NFL has increased the limit on the practice squad. It was 10 last year. Now, they already had plans to bump it up to 12, but with everything going on, they decided to bump it up to 16. We also saw some other rule changes and terms of protected practice squad players. So before, if you were a practice squad player, you could be poached, that's the term, poached by any NFL team if they wanted to actually bring you onto their active roster. So if you're on the Titans practice squad, but the Eagles want to actually bring you onto their 53-man NFL roster, they can take you off the Titans practice squad, and there's nothing that the Titans can do about it. This year, the Titans will have four people who will they be who they will be able to protect and keep from being poached by other teams. Now the reason that the NFL allows that poaching is because you want to encourage teams to put guys on 53 man rosters. That's ultimately the goal. So you never want to prevent a player from having the opportunity to join a 53 man roster because he's on someone's practice squad. That that's not the right thing to do and that's not that the way it is. So keep that in mind. You can't have someone like Trevor Simeon on the practice squad. You you can't have someone like Centerize Perry on the practice squad. They've been in the NFL too long. And the rules there are 
basically you can be on a practice squad for three seasons. And to count as a season, you have to be on the practice squad for six games. So if you're on the Titans practice squad for six games, three years in a row, you're not allowed to be on the practice squad anymore. And it's not that six games is the cap. It's once you get to six games, that counts as a full season, even if you only are with the team for six games. So you can be on the Titans practice squad for three full seasons without getting any real NFL experience, but after that, you're not eligible anymore. Likewise, players who have a little bit of NFL experience and want to be put onto the practice squad or the team wants to put them onto the practice squad, the disqualification there is two years. So if you've played six games, at least six games, in a season in the NFL on an active roster, twice you're ineligible for the practice squad. So if you've played... Uh, let's say 12 career NFL games, six in 2019, six in 2018, you're ineligible for the practice squad. So keep that in mind as I go through this list. I had to make sure that I got guys who are eligible for the practice squad and not just guys who did not make the Titans roster. So I will dive into my practice squad predictions now. First off, at the quarterback position, there's always going to be one quarterback on the practice squad, and I do think that it's going to be Logan Woodside. I do think Trevor Simeon ultimately does get the nod as the backup quarterback, and one of the big reasons why is because Trevor Simeon isn't available for the practice squad. So the Titans want to have a practice squad quarterback, and since Woodside is still eligible for that, I think Logan Woodside ultimately does end up on the Titans practice squad. At the running back position, since the Titans will be keeping Derrick Henry, Kari Blossom game, Darrington Evans, and Jeremy McNichols, that leaves Centerize Perry and Marcus Marshall. I I know for a fact Centerize Perry, because of his experience, isn't eligible, so I think ultimately they keep Marcus Marshall on their practice squad. And then at the wide receiver position, just to give you the names of the guys who I have not making the roster. We have Krishan Hogan, we have Cody Hollister, we have Mason Kinsey, we have Nick Westbrook, we have Christian Wilkerson, and out of those names, I think that the Titans will diversify who makes it. I think they'll have a big-bodied wide receiver and a smaller wide receiver. I think that Mason Kinsey gets the nod here on the Titans practice squad because he is someone they're intrigued with. He has good upside as a small route runner. He can be a speed guy for the Titans. He can also fill in Adam Humphreys' role if necessary in the slot, working the intermediate and, and short routes over the middle. So I think Mason Kinsey gets the nod there. And then I think the Titans keep a somewhat of a veteran who's a big-bodied guy in Krishan Hogan. I think Krishan Hogan will end up on the Titans practice squad. So those are the two wide receivers that I see making it. At the tight end position, the only tight end out of the five I don't have making the active roster is Tommy Hudson. I think ultimately he gets a practice squad nod. And then at the tackle position, we had a few tackles that did not make the roster. I had Brandon Kemp, who is an undrafted free agent, and then David Questenberry. I have Questenberry making the practice squad. He's been with the Titans longer. He caught that touchdown pass last year. I just think he's going to go ahead and get the nod. And then interior offensive lineman, I 
have the Titans keeping around David Murner and Avery Genesee. I, I think that uh, obviously you have the big four on the interior offensive line that are going to make it. But after that, Murner and Genesee, I think, get practice squad nods. Going over to the defensive side of the ball for the practice squad, we had three guys that are in the Titans interior defensive line group that didn't make it. Kobe Smith, Tyer Tart, both of them are undrafted free agents. And then you have Joey Ivey. Ivey's actually spent some time on the Titans active roster before, and because of that, I think he gets the nod. And then Tyer Tart has been more impressive in camp than Kobe Smith, so I think the undrafted free agent Tyer Tart will get that practice squad nod. And then one of the standouts of Titans training camp so far has been Wyatt Ray, and while I take all that information with a grain of salt, like I mentioned before, I, I don't think that he's going to make the active roster, but I do think that the Titans are interested in him. So I think Wyatt Ray is someone who makes the practice squad team, along with the other outside linebacker that's not going to make it. The Titans simply don't have enough depth at the position to not keep two of them on the practice squad that are eligible, and that's Jamal Davis II, who was recently signed as a camp body as well. Moving into the secondary, where I see the Titans keeping around four different people, the two cornerbacks that didn't make it out of the eight, we have Kareem Orr and Kenneth Thurden. I think both of them end up on the Titans practice squad. Joshua Kalu at the safety position, I think ends up on the Titans practice squad. Now, Originally, I did have Chris Jackson on the Titans practice squad with Walt Akins making the Titans active roster. That is not going to be the case now. I think the Titans do bring in another safety of some kind, probably someone that is eligible for the practice squad that they intend to put on there or someone who will take Chris Jackson out of the active roster and put him on this practice squad. So either way, it's going to be Jackson or it's going to be a young guy, but the Titans will have another defensive back on that practice practice squad as it makes the most sense for how the active roster is actually set up. Now, as I mentioned at the beginning of the segment, there can be four protected players on the Titans practice squad this year and uh, a strange rule just dealing with the current circumstances. And those four protected players, I think, are going to be Logan Woodside, David Questenberry, Wyatt Ray, and Kareem Orr. So that's how I see that, and here's my reasons. One, the Titans need to keep Woodside around because he knows the system. He, he knows everything about the playbook. It, it would be a detriment if he went to a different team, especially if it's someone that the Titans have to play this year. But also, in this uncertain year, you got to make sure that you have three quarterbacks available to you at all times. So Woodside will get protection. I think Questenberry will get protection. The offensive line is so important this year. The Titans have talked about wanting to keep eight offensive line on the active roster at all times because of the extra spots that they have on the game day active list and I think Questenberry is someone that they trust so they'll keep him around on the defensive side of the ball like I said I take all of the the hype around Wyatt Ray with a grain of salt but clearly he's doing something to impress and because of that I think the Titans will make him protective and continue or protected and continue to try to develop him and then ultimately I had Chris Jackson as a protected member on the Titans practice squad but I went with Kareem Orr because he's played in the slot for the Titans this year or during training camp at least and has contributed on special teams before so because of that versatility to play some inside corner some outside corner and special teams I think he's the one who gets protected if things go the other route that I discussed where the Titans do go find another veteran safety or maybe they keep Ibrahim Campbell as that veteran safety and Chris Jackson does end up on the practice squad I think he would be the protected one over Kareem or because of his youth and his potential going forward and everything he's shown in training camp so that is my practice 
squad explanation of eligibility. That is my practice squad prediction in terms of the 16 players. That is also my predictions for who will be protected to go along with the last two days of my updated roster predictions as we are less than 10 days away from the September 5th cut day. So some big moments in professional American sports in the last 48 hours in terms of fighting for social equality and social justice. And then my roster predictions. It has been a big week on the Locked on Titans podcast. Also worth mentioning, the Locked on Titans Fantasy Football League draft will take place on Saturday night. So really excited to start that adventure with you guys as well. But that is going to do it for me for today and for this week. So I hope you guys all have a safe and enjoyable weekend and return on Monday for another Locked on Titans podcast as we will be two weeks away from the Titans season opener on Monday Night Football against the Denver Broncos. That is going to do it for me, though, folks. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked on Titans.